Preface to the Second Edition As I grow older, I can only say that I am more and more convinced that one great secret of Christian peace is to keep our eyes steadily fixed on the second coming of Christ. If this book helps just one listener to develop the habit of looking at Christ's coming again, as well as Christ crucified and Christ interceding, I will be satisfied. J. C. Ryle, Stedbroke Vicarage, October 1879. Preface The book you are now listening to requires a few introductory words of explanation. It contains little that is entirely new. It consists of eight sermons preached on public occasions at different times during my ministry and afterward published in the form of tracts. Of these sermons, one or two might have been circulated more than they deserved, while one or two, which in my humble judgment are of more real worth, have received comparatively little notice. They are now compiled in their present form for the convenience of those who wish to have a condensed manual of my views of prophecy. At the very beginning, I warn you that you will find here nothing deep or obscure. I have purposely avoided everything that can be called speculative or conjectural. I have strictly confined myself to a few great prophetic principles, which appear to me written, as it were, with a sunbeam. I haven't tried to expound such portions of God's Word as Ezekiel's temple or the symbolic visions of Revelation. I have not tried to set any dates. I haven't tried to settle the precise order or manner in which predictions of things to come are to be fulfilled. There's nothing I dislike so much in prophetic inquiry as dogmatism or overconfidence. Much of the discredit that has fallen on prophetic study has arisen from the fact that many students, instead of expounding prophecy, have turned into prophets themselves. If anyone asks me what my prophetic opinions are, I am quite ready to give an answer. As cautious and doubtful as I feel on some points, there are certain great principles about which I have fully made up my mind. I have held by them firmly for many years, and have never had my opinion shaken about them. I have believed them for more than thirty years, and I expect to still believe them when I die. The older I grow, the more convinced I feel of their truth and the more satisfied am I that no other principles can explain the state of the church and the world. I want to explain one thing before making my statement. The listener must distinctly understand that I do not propose my prophetic views as articles of faith, but only as my personal opinions. I do not say that only those who agree with me about prophecy can be saved. I am not infallible. I am very aware that holier and better men than I do not see these subjects the same way I do, and may think I am completely mistaken. I do not condemn or judge anyone. I only ask for the liberty to hold and plainly state my own views. The day will come when we will all see who is right. It is the new heart and faith in Christ's blood that are absolutely necessary to salvation. The person who knows these two things experimentally might be wrong about prophecy, but will not miss heaven. The following, then, are the main articles of my prophetic creed. 1. 
I believe the world will never be completely converted to Christianity by any existing agency before the end comes. Despite all that can be done by ministers, churches, schools, and missions, the wheat and the tares will grow together until the harvest. And when the end comes, the earth will be in much the same state that it was when the flood came in the days of Noah. Matthew 13, 24-30, Two, I believe the widespread unbelief, indifference, formalism, and wickedness seen throughout Christendom are only what we are taught in God's Word to expect. Troublesome times, departures from the faith, evil men becoming even more evil, and love growing cold are distinctly predicted. So, far from making me doubt the truth of Christianity, they instead help to confirm my faith. Melancholy and sorrowful as the sight is, if I did not see it, I would think the Bible was not true. Matthew 24, 12, 1 Timothy 4, 1, 2 Timothy 3, 1, 4, 13. 3. I believe the grand purpose of the present age is not to convert all mankind, but to gather out of the world an elect people. It doesn't surprise me at all to hear that the heathen are not all converted when missionaries preach, and that believers are but a little flock in any congregation in my own land. It is precisely the state of things that I expect to find. The gospel is to be preached as a witness, and then the end will come. Now is the time of election, not of universal conversion. Matthew twenty four fourteen, Acts fifteen fourteen. Four, I believe the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is the great event that will wind up the present age, and is the event we should long for and pray for every day. Thy kingdom come, and come, Lord Jesus, should be our daily prayer. If we have faith. We look backward to Christ dying on the cross, and if we have hope, we must look forward to Christ coming again. John fourteen three, Second Timothy four eight, Second Peter three twelve. Five, I believe the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ will be a real, literal, personal, bodily coming, and as He went away in the clouds of heaven with His body before the eyes of men, so in the same way. He will return. Acts 1.11. 6. I believe that after our Lord Jesus Christ comes again, the earth will be renewed, and the curse removed, the devil will be bound, the godly will be rewarded, and the wicked will be punished. Before he comes, there will be neither resurrection, judgment, nor millennium, and not until after he comes will the earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Isaiah twenty five six to nine, Acts three twenty one, First Thessalonians four fourteen to eighteen, Revelation twenty. Seven, I believe that the Jews, after going through tribulation, will ultimately be gathered again as a separate nation, restored to their own land, and converted to the faith of Christ. Jeremiah thirty ten to eleven, thirty one ten. Daniel twelve one, Zechariah thirteen eight to nine, Romans eleven twenty five to twenty six. Eight, 
I believe that both in the past and now in the present the church has neglected the literal sense of the Old Testament prophecies, and that under the mistaken system of spiritualizing and accommodating Bible language, Christians have too often completely missed its meaning. Luke 24, 25-26. 9. I do not believe that either the preterist view of interpreting Revelation, which regards the book as almost entirely fulfilled, or the futurist view, which regards it as almost entirely unfulfilled, are to be implicitly followed. The truth, I expect, will be found to lie somewhere between the two. 10. I believe the Roman Catholic Church is the great predicted apostasy from the faith, and is Babylon and Antichrist, although I think it highly probable that a more complete development of Antichrist will yet be exhibited to the world. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-11. And 11. Finally, I believe that it is for the safety, happiness, and comfort of all true Christians to expect as little as possible from present churches or governments, to hold themselves ready for tremendous convulsions and changes of all established things, and to expect any good things only from Christ's second advent. The student of prophecy will immediately see that there are many subjects on which I abstain from giving an opinion. The precise time when the present age will end, the manner in which unbelievers will be converted, the process by which the Jews will be restored to their own land, the burning up of the earth, the first resurrection, the rapture of the saints, the distinction between the appearing and the coming of Christ, the future siege of Jerusalem and the last tribulation of the Jews, the binding of Satan before the millennium begins, the duration of the millennium, the loosing of Satan at the end of the thousand years, the destruction of Gog and Magog, and the precise nature and place of the new Jerusalem. About all these things I purposely decline to express any opinion. I could say something about them all, but it would be little better than conjecture. I am thankful that others have more understanding than I have, but right now I feel unable to speak confidently. If I have learned anything in studying prophecy, I think I have learned the wisdom of not rushing to decide what is true. I understand the views I have stated here appear to many to be very gloomy and discouraging. The only answer I make to that charge is to ask, are they scriptural? Are they in keeping with the lessons of history and experience? To my mind, they certainly are. I see human failure and human corruption stamped on the conclusion of all ages preceding our own, and I see much in the current state of the world that makes me expect these present times will not end any better. We humans seem to cause decay in everything that we touch. There's no such thing as creature perfection. There will be no perfection until the Lord comes. God is teaching that lesson by His successive ways of dealing with mankind. The patriarchal, the mosaic, and the Christian dispensations all tend to prove it. Those words of Scripture will be verified. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more, 
until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. Ezekiel 21, 27. When the Lord Jesus comes back to earth, and the tabernacle of God is with men, then there will be perfection, but not until then. God will have all the glory at last, and all the world will confess that without God man can do nothing. God will be all in all. 1 Corinthians 15.28. The one idea on which I want to focus is the second personal coming of my Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. I hope, by God's help, to point all who listen to this book to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. Titus 2.13. God forbid that anyone should neglect present duties. To sit idly waiting for Christ and not to attend to the business of our respective positions is not Christianity, but fanaticism. Let us only remember in all our daily pursuits that we serve a Master who is coming again. If I can stir up just one Christian to think more of that second coming and to give it more prominence, I feel that this book will not have been published in vain. If anyone asks me why I have chosen this particular time for the republication of these prophetic tracts, I think it is sufficient to point to the times in which we live. I do not forget that we are poor judges of our own days, and are very apt to exaggerate their importance. But I doubt whether there was ever a time in the history of our country when the horizon on all sides, both political and ecclesiastical, was so thoroughly black and lowering. In every direction we see men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Luke twenty one twenty six. Everything around us seems unscrewed, loosened, and out of joint. The fountains of the great deep appear to be breaking up. Ancient institutions are tottering and ready to fall. Social and religious systems are failing and crumbling away. Church and state both seem convulsed to their very foundations, and what the end of this convulsion may be, no one can tell. Whether the last days of old England have really come, whether her political greatness is about to pass away, whether her Protestant church's light will go out, whether in the coming crash of nations England is to perish like Amalek, or will suffer but eventually be saved, all these are points which I dare not attempt to settle. They will all be decided in just a short time. But I am sure there never was a time when it was more important to call believers to stop trusting in men, Isaiah 2.22, to be on guard and to build all their hopes on the second coming of the Lord. Happy is he who has learned to expect little from parliaments or councils, from statesmen or from bishops, and to look steadily for Christ's appearing. That person will not be disappointed. J. C. Ryle, Stadbroke Vicarage, August 1867. P.S. You will probably notice that some of the thoughts and ideas in this book are occasionally repeated. Kindly remember that this is because the sermons which make up this book were given in different places and with much time in between. For many reasons, I have thought it best to reprint them without alteration.